Me'ila Perekhet. This is the last chapter of Me'ila, and it's also the last chapter of the book of Aboda. And as with the last chapter of many books, Harambam has a very nice summary at the end, very nice words to, to sum up what, what the book really should be about. But first, some halachot. Halacha Aleph. Ha'po'alin she'en osin be'ekdesh. Af'al pishe pasekoim mahen mezonot, lo yochelu mi'gerogerot she le'ekdesh. When the Hekdesh, when there is some work to be done from Bet HaMikdash, from the monies of Bet HaMikdash, and somebody is hired with those amounts, with those sums, then those persons, those workers, are not allowed to go what's called in, 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 um, in, in, uh, in English, in common law, suasponte, on their own recognizance and, and take and go ahead and take take the liberty of, of uh, sort of like eating to offset some of their wages. So usually a poil would be able to, to eat some of, of the things if, if, if part of the wages include some allowance for lunch, then the Baalabait wouldn't care if, if uh, I, a poil, I, I go inside the field and I'm, let's say I'm collecting and harvesting grapes, what does it matter for the Baalabite if I eat some of these grapes or if he later has to give me from the food of his own house? Food is food, it's fungible. And in fact, the Torah accounts for that. However, it's much more serious with Hekdesh and everything needs to be spelled out very expressly. And the Hekdesh has to stipulate a specific amount for, for, uh, for food and the poel, the worker, is not allowed to just go and, and take from uh, the field or whatever that he's working on. <clears throat> we have a misvah when I take an ox and I use it to plow a field. I'm not allowed to prevent the ox from eating part of what the, the ox is plowing, except for hekdesh. So for hekdesh, I, I cannot allow my ox to eat some of what uh, the ox is plowing, that would be Ma'ila as well. Actually, I'm not sure if it's, it's going to be Ma'ila, but I, I, I should muzzle my, my ox in this situation. Halachagimal. <laughs> When, when compensating from the Hekdesh for some kind of work, um, you should not pay the person with something of Hekdesh. Rather, um, If, if you want to give the Uman something that, that, it, that belongs to the Hekdesh, let's say an animal or a garment, then first you have to redeem the Kedusha from that garment or from that animal, and only then that can be used as a form of payment. You may not pay with an object or an animal that still has Kedusha of Hekdesh. Halacha Dalet, very interesting halacha. Kashabonim Mikdash, Hekdesh. So when we build part of Beta Mikdash when we do some renovations, some repairs, you may never use some of the components, some of the materials from the Hekdesh. 
אלא, סורי, ולא בונים את הבניין על דעת שהוא קודש, אלא בונים הכל מן החול. גזירה שמי הנה בסל הבניין, אוי שעין על אבן וקורה בשעת מלאכה. ואחר שיש שם הבניין, מחללים מאות ההקדש על הבניין. ואם סלחו הגזברים לעשים לקודש לאותו היום בלבד, לוקחים אותן ממאות הקדש, שהרי אינן מתאחרין ימים כדי שנחוש להן, שמי ישען אדם עליהן וימעול. And if they, um, if for some reason uh, they need any materials, they should take, they should, they should buy them anew from monies of Ekdesh. Um, in other words, they don't need to be whole, they, they can be bought with monies from Ekdesh, uh, so that they don't have to wait a few days just because of this of this uh, very far-fetched concern that we have that somebody might lean on them. Halakhahe. Kesheh poskinim ha'umanin livnot ba'mikdash u'ba'azarot, poskinim ha'en kach v'kach amma v'kach v'kach se'la, ve'amma bat asrim esba. U'chshem moshechin lahen ma'shebanu, moshechin u'mchashevin lahen ve'amma g'dola bat asrim v'arba esba'ot, k'dhe sh'lo yavou li'zem me'ila, m'bena sh'en medaktakin ba'meshiha. When The, the, the salary or the, the compensation is set for somebody who's going to, to do work, who's going to, to be a contractor for Beit HaMikdash. So we always are going to do the calculations in a way that we, we, uh, we are mahmir. In other words, we are, very, uh, we are very lax in how much we, we calculate the... In other words, we, 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 we over-promise The, the payment, and we undercount the result so that we end up underpaying them just in case, because it turns out that contractors back in the day, now that this should be the case today, although it might be, I'm not saying it's not, but uh, sometimes in, back in the day the contractors would not be extremely punctilious in, in, uh, in accounting for how much they produced, and therefore we wouldn't want them to, to sort of like פרופיט על האקספנס של בית המקדש. הלכבב. תנאי בית דין הוא שיהיו הכהנים נאותים במלח ובעצים באכילת קרבנות כשאוכלים בחלקם, אבל לא ייתנו מלח המקדש בחולין שלהם. תנאי בית דין, as we explained before, the בית דין, the Jewish court, the main court of the, of, of, uh, that, that establishes some of the assumptions that go into the legal recognition of personal property. So, you know, when I own, I own a chair in which I'm sitting, what does it mean that I own it? It means that based on the rules of the society in which I live, based on the legal categories, based on also common law, this is mine. So because of that, those who are responsible for common law, for the, for the judicial system, namely the Beddin, they have a say in, in perhaps imposing some strings on this ownership. 
So if they say, for example, if anyone buys something on a Monday between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m., then that something belongs to both him and his neighbor, they can do that. And then people knowing that can operate around that. So that's called Tenai Beddin. And there is a Tenai Beddin that salt and, and stones, uh, sorry, salt and, and logs, logs of wood that are used for korbanot, that are bought for korbanot, when they are bought, they are bought partially for hektish with a little bit of a carve-out, a little bit of an exception, and that is that the kohanim are allowed to use that salt and those logs to cook their own, to, to, to prepare their own food, which comes to them from the korbanot. So matenot kehuna, that they receive from the korbanot, they are allowed to use this salt from Bet HaMikdash and for, and for, um, not matenot kehuna, sorry, uh, the, the kadashim that they eat uh, and, and the logs to, to, to roast them. However, they should not use that salt for their own holin, for their, for their own non-sacred um, foods. Halachazayim. Melach she'al gabe ha'ever mo'alim bo, she'al gabe ha'kevesh ve'she'al rosham izbeyah, en mo'alim bo. Salt that was used was applied on top of a limb of an animal, of a limb of a korban. The Torah says, Al kor korban echad akriv melach. Then that, that is uh, its kodesh and there is me'ilah. However, the salt that's applied on surfaces, for instance, the kevesh, the ram to go up to the altar, to the mizbeyah, um, which, is, which is made for, for non, for, to avoid slip, slipping, then that melach would not, if someone uses it, that's not that's not now really in this last halacha, which is kind of a long one, he summarizes something, and I want everyone to pay very close attention because for whoever claims that Harambam really had a secret life in which he believed that we should never have korbanot, that korbanot play no role, etc., etc., they may have missed this one halacha in which things could not be more unambiguous. ראוי לאדם להתבונן במשפטי התורה הקדושה ולדע סוף עניינם כפי כוחו. It will be appropriate for every person to contemplate the משפטים, the rules that the Torah imposes and to understand the, the, the ultimate results and benefit we derive from them as much as we are able to. ודבר שלא ימצא לו טעם ולא ידע לו עילה and at the same time, while we are trying to understand what do we get from the mitzvot, if it so happens or when it so happens that we come across something for which we do not understand what the ultimate benefit from something is to us, we don't really get it. What is the symbology? What is the meaning of, of, this, of this thing that we are doing? Let this not be an excuse for the thing itself, for the mitzvah itself, to be light in his eyes. Paraphrasing the phrase from Har Sinai, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, don't let the Kohanim and the people uh, venture up the mountain, in other words, to arrogate to themselves the right to come up to the mountain. That's not for anyone, it's by invitation only. Peniflosbam, lest God um, strikes them because of this. So Harambam is using the same terminology here for those who, who think that they know everything, 
and they can come up there to Har Sinai and they can decide what the Torah really says or what the Torah should say. Very common. One should not use the same mental faculties and the same even methodology that we use for other for other uh, disciplines. As an example, pay attention to how strict, how severe the Torah was with respect to Me'ila. And things that are inherently have absolutely no value. We said even waste can have the, the name of Hekdesh attached to it. So if these things, a nothing, a piece of dust, soil, it can have this Kedusha if only the name of God is appended to it, if only it's somehow linked with the property of Bet HaMikdash. And if somebody takes it on purpose, um, uh, is, is doing Me'ila, Me'ila translates literally as some sort of a, a mutiny or a rebellion, insurrection. So somebody who steals embezzles from Bet HaMikdash is as if they are rebelling against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And even if they did this shoreh without knowledge, they, they need, they necessitate some atonement with, with a penalty, with, a, with some kind of a, of a, um, a surcharge. How much more so the misvot that were inscribed in stone to us or for us by God Almighty? In other words, this is not things that are sort of like related to the name of God, that we connect to the name of God. These are things that are signed by God Himself. A person should not um, underappreciate them and, and treat them disrespectfully just because he doesn't understand what their meaning is and, and should not um, ponder things or assume things that should not, that, that, that should not be thought about, about God or, or again, use his his same uh, mental faculties, Mahashavto, his same epistemology, the, the way he reaches at conclusions that he uses for other for other subjects. The Torah says, you shall keep, you shall safeguard all of my hukim and all of my mishpatim and you shall do them. Hamim said, this is to show you that both the doing and the, and the safeguarding should apply equally to the hukim and the mishpatim. And here, and here Harambam is going to, if you ever need a source for where Harambam describes hukim and mishpatim, this is it, it's the end of Sefer Avodah. So doing, that's known, that's just doing, fulfilling what the hukim say one should do. What is the safeguarding? What is the keeping that we should do? Is to safeguard ourselves 
from reaching the wrongful conclusion that for some reason Hokim are lesser than Mishpatim in any way. Mishpatim are the misvot that the reason, their meaning, the benefit that we get from them is obvious, is self-evident, and and that their their um, the way that they improve our lives in this world is is well known. Like the prohibition against stealing or murder or honoring our parents. Hokim, however, the inscribed mitzvot, Hokim from Lehokek, from in other words, is something that is written, is carved in stone, and we do it because that's the way it's carved. Those are the misvot for which their 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 tam, their um, meaning, is not well known, or is not self-evident. Amru hachamim, hukim shehakakti lecha ve'en lecha reshut leharher bahem. Hachamim said, these are the inscriptions that I inscribed for you, and therefore, you have no authority, you don't have the license to, to doubt them, to, to hesitate whether to do them or not. I was the one who inscribed them. I'm signed under these ordinances. And it's exactly in these kinds of misvot that our yeser, our instinct, uh, the, the, our, our worst instincts, Get the, the better of us, get the best part of us, and and, and try to to dissuade us from fulfilling them. And these are exactly the kind of misvot against which the 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 nations of the world are going to have questions. What are you guys doing? This is barbarian. This is not civilized. Um, this sounds like witchcraft, and, and so on and so forth. Like the prohibition against eating the the flesh of the of the of the pig pork, or milk milk together with meat, or the the commandment we have to do the procedure of when we find a halal kahu a an unsolved murder. Ufaradumma, the red heifer, Besaida Mishaleah, and the scapegoat. Vihamahaya David Hamelech Mistaivin and Minin Via Goim Shahimashivin al Hokim. And pay attention to how much David felt uh, bad and, and was and suffered from the fact that all of these uh, Minim, all of these sectarians and 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 adversaries and, and non Jews used to used to challenge the Hokim. And the more that they tried to find fault in the Mitzvot of God by challenging it through the, 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 the imperfections of the human intellect, in other words, the human intellect is not sufficiently advanced to understand something and that would have been the proof that they adduce to attack the Hukim. The more they tried to do that, the more he would become more passionate about them. Shene'emar, 
תפעלו עליי שקר זדים, means the זדים, the bad people, they, they are, um, uh, they, 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 they are sort of like um, alleging, alleging uh, lies and falsehoods against me, and, but I, with my entire heart, I keep your, your commandments. ונאמר שם בעניין, כל מצוותיך אמונה, שקר רדפוני, עוזרני. And also in that same מזמור, קי"ט, it says there, כל מצוותיך אמונה, all of your מצוות are true, אמונה is the feminine of, sorry, the masculine in a פעולה kind of verb form, it's like the same shortage of אמת, שקר רדפוני, עוזרני. שקר רדפוני, they are pursuing me with falsehood, עוזרני, please help me, God. וכל הקורבנות כולן, מכלל החוקים הם, and all of the קורבנות, which we discussed in ספר העבודה, they are a part of this category of חוקים. לפיכך, אמרו חכמים שאף על עבודת הקורבנות העולם עומד. That's why חכמים said that don't ever think that קורבנות don't have a role. קורבנות are one of the three legs on which the world is sustained על התורה ועל העבודה ועל גמילות חסדים. שבעשיית החוקים והמשפטים זוכים הישרים לחיי העולם הבא. And that it's by doing the חוקים and the משפטים that those who are righteous attain עולם הבא. והקדימה התורה סיווייה על החוקים שנאמר ושמרתם את חוקותיי ואת משפטיי אשר יעשה אותם האדם וחי בהם. And the Torah uh, actually gave precedence to חוקים over משפטים in, in the order in which חוקים ומשפטים are presented in this פסוק, ושמרתם את חוקותיי and only then ואת משפטיי. And just a word about some of the, the meanings of קבנות and etc. We, we are privy to live about 800 years after הרמב״ם and the world has had some time to wisen up and to understand a few things. And although Western civilization, by the influence mostly of Christianity, has chosen to, to, um, to go with the, with the world of, of human ideas as opposed to the world of practice and rituals and, and ceremonies. Um, so, you know, the, the, the Christian idea is that Christianity all started with this, uh, this notion that the Torah has too many things that have to be done. Um, if the idea of doing these things is X, then let's not do those things and let's just attain X. Let's, in other words, let's extract the spirit of the law and do away with the law. The law is shackles, the law imprisons you. It's, um, it takes away from your freedom. Let's not do the things. So for instance, if the Brit Milah, if the circumcision is about um, removing whatever is covering your heart and not letting you love your neighbor, then forget about circumcision, just love your neighbor. And if the whole point of the Torah is love, like they say, then just love. And, and you, don't need, you don't need anything else. So that's, that's Christianity. That's the, the approach of thinking that you understand the reason for the Torah. And therefore, once you understand the reason, you, you dissect the reason, you distill the reason, you can throw everything else out. That's obviously not our approach. And, and uh, just to point out, when you do that, 
you end up without this and without that. You end up without the law because you threw it out and you end up without this which you distilled because that's not how the human that, that's not how human nature and and uh, and human civilization works. Uh, proof of the matter is all the atrocities committed by the so-called religion of love called Christianity. I don't think any other religion committed more atrocities and more genocide and murder um, and cruelty than Christianity did, from the Spaniards to the to, to the to the British and 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 everything else in between, the Inquisition, um, and so on and so forth, all in the name of, of this uh, love that they were able to distill as a spirit of the law from the Torah. Um, on the other hand, scientists and, and psychologists and anthropologists and sociologists, uh, Jung and Eliade, Mirke Eliade and, and others, have enlightened us. And now we can understand, we can appreciate nowadays how much of what we do cannot be understood at the, at the level of the consciousness, at the level of things that we understand. And it's not things that you would think, but it's things that would act at a much deeper level in our unconscious, and not only the individual unconscious, but also in the unconscious of civilization. And uh, if you want to think more about this, you should ask yourself always, well, who told who told civilizations in the Americas and in Asia and in Australia and, and in Europe to come up with the same practices? Like how come everyone comes up with the same exact notion of doing korbanot and of doing this and of doing that? Did they all learn it from somewhere? Or is it perhaps that those practices develop naturally and inevitably because they are the, the best answer for certain needs that human beings have. So just think about that. And with that, um, I, I am a very firm believer that we need korbanot. Human beings need korbanot. Humanity needs korbanot. HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu gave us the perfect balance of how much korbanot we should have. And it's, uh, it's, it's just a couple of korbanot a day, and that should have been enough for the entire people. That's all we have. We have korbanot amid as opposed to, to being slaughtering uh, animals and human beings left and right. So somehow this is like the perfect measure of something that we actually need. We need the korbanot and the fact that we don't have the korbanot actually results in certain unresolved tension in our psyche, both collectively and individually. And Be'ezrat Hashem, I hope that we all marry to see the day when we have Betamikdash again, and we have Abodata Korbanot again. Bimhera Amenu. Amen.